Hello, and welcome to The Stinger, a superfan's guide to the latest in Marvel, Star Wars, and other nerd entertainment. Joining me on today's episode, they just finished rewatching everything they consumed in the year 2022. I'm just kidding. They didn't actually. That'd be extremely unhealthy. It's Trent Neely and Joseph Sneed. How we doing? Doing great. There was some great stuff that came out this year, and I'm excited to talk about a, a decent chunk of stuff with y'all here today. Oh, the memories of all the fun stuff we've had this year. It's going <laughs> to be nice to go through it all. I know. It'll be a nice, pleasant trip down memory lane with some heated debate mixed in. I mean, who doesn't love that? It's, it's honestly, it's just like the holidays. Um, I can't wait for this episode guys uh for for those of you listening who don't know what the heck you just clicked on um it's fun fact for everybody on the day that this episode is going to release exactly one year ago today was the first episode of the stinger guys it's our birthday it's our first birthday everyone grab your slices of cake pop some confetti it's time to celebrate uh yeah, it was uh it was fun. We we had me, Joseph, uh John Baddison, you've heard him. He does the music for us as well. And and then my brother, the four of us broke down Spider-Man No Way Home a year ago. Uh that was that was a really fun conversation. Uh Joseph, has your opinion changed on Spider-Man No Way Home since then? Not really. I think me and John were kind of in agreement of what we thought of the movie of like Hey, this was fine, but we've got some some minor problems and maybe a couple of major problems with it. But overall, <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was it was a fun movie to go to, and um, it was it was a moment too. It was like that was it the, was definitely a moment. That was I, the, I think as far as moments go, that was one of the top ones. E- even if the movie wasn't my favorite, yeah. Um, well, no spoilers for later in our podcast, but. I'm just kidding. Uh, there we've got we've got so much to cover today. Um, a year ago, obviously, we did our recap of Spider-Man: No Way Home. Me and Trent also recorded the first the first ever like recording, which was our like entire ranking of the MCU up to that point. That was that was a lot. That was a lot, and that was a blast too. And we have something along those lines coming to you very soon, which we'll hear about later. But um, today. In honor of our first birthday as a podcast, uh, I've been running some polls on Instagram. And uh, what's the purpose of that? We want to celebrate everything we watched since our first episode last year. So technically, a tiny sliver of 2021 that uh, will include Spider-Man No Way Home, plus all of 2022. And we're doing an award show. So this is the 2022 Stinger Award Show where we are going to hand out awards for things like our favorite cameo or our favorite performance from a lead actor and actress. And, and then like we'll cap everything off with the best movie and the best TV show of the year. And it's really just this is this is going to be a fun time, guys. We're going to we're going to debate. We're going to talk about our favorite moments, the things we love the most. And I'm really, really excited for this. What? How are you guys feeling going into this? Are you? Do you, Do you have any expectations for today's episode? 
Um, I feel like there's gonna be some some debate about like one or two of the big categories, but I but I feel like um we generally know where the three of us land. But I'm I'm really curious to see sort of where like the general poll things land because like I I have my like little corner of you know film internet that i'm on but that's only a small (laughs) sliver of people so i'm curious to see what sort of the more broad people uh thought of all the great stuff we got this year yes as as much as me and trent talk about soundtracks i think one of two things is going to happen with me and trent on uh sorry to spoil one of the categories but (laughs) it's it's the one that i think me and trent we're we're either going to be like lockstep on it or you need to throw us in like the hell in a cell cage <laughs> we're gonna be fighting over that one mm-hmm. oh, okay. gonna, i i feel like we could either be like nah we're good on this one or we're gonna pick something and just throw down <laughs> well i want that i want i want the freaking wrestlemania brawl between you two okay i want to see it yes kidding. it's gonna be all of us at some point in this podcast and um I we're I think we're about ready to kick this thing off. For, but first, I want to say thank you to all the listeners for being here today. Um, not only for listening to this podcast, but for listening all throughout the year, and then for participating in the polls. We got a we got a lot of great turnout for our polls, and I could tell we've got a little following of of faithful fans that I'm I'm just so thankful for y'all for tuning in. You know, week to week following the stuff that we're watching and then uh making this making this a fun celebration to cap off the year and so as always please leave a rate and review uh for this podcast and 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 follow us subscribe to the podcast and then follow us on instagram follow us at the stinger pod as i know a lot of you have because of your votes so um guys i think it's time are you ready to are you ready to begin the show let's do it I, uh, I I don't have the red carpet rolled out. Uh, we'll uh, we'll have to we'll have to increase our budget for next year's award show, and we'll we'll make this thing we'll make this thing a real event today. Let's start things off. I I might be <laughs> I might be starting things off with a bang, according to Joseph. Let's kick this show off with the award for the best original score and soundtrack. Uh, that's right, guys. Put your boxing gloves on because I think it's I think it might be time. Um, the nominees for best original score and soundtrack are Michael Giacchino for the Batman, Ludwig Göransson for Wakanda Forever, uh, Nicholas Bratel for Andor, Danny Elfman for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and Bear McCreary for Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power. Um, Guys, we have our votes from the Instagram poll in, and our three votes for every category is going to be what decides this thing. So, Trent, I'm going to kick it off to you first. Uh, this this one was one of the more tough choices because I think all of these scores have various tracks that um that like really stood out that were great stuff. Every single one of these, but in terms of the score that I think best complimented its movie best highlighted its movie and enhanced the experience of like the stuff that i was seeing on screen and the moments and everything hitting harder just top to bottom michael giacchino's score for the batman hands down is like the best thing on my apple replay thing this year it was my second most listened to album i'm pretty sure 
Oh wow! Yeah, like I was, I was bumping this this for <laughs> like co- consistently once it was released up until like literally a month ago. So um, yeah, I think everything he did with this was just great. It's it's like angsty and serious, but also like there's really subtle like tragic almost violin sections in like the main Batman theme. I think like Catwoman's theme is moving with like it's very subtle piano stuff i think it's just a a masterwork that i think is going to win him all the big awards at the end of this year and next year i really do i think if if i had to choose a single theme of the year it would be the numenor theme oh yes yes as far as far as the totality of the score for me it's between the batman and Wakanda forever. But I'm just sitting here thinking about Trent is the first one on the Batman. I uh, can't fight city Halloween. Yes. I think so I think it yes. is. I just, I can't get over that one. That one's great. That one's <laughs> it's also so great. good, man. Also, Jaquino also gets bonus points for me for putting like great puns in all of his track titles. That, that helps. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. Like, I love like it so highway much. to the anger zone for the chase scene. Is oh, the name yeah. of the movie. Yes. Yes. Uh, what is it? Closing in for the gill or, or something. Yeah. Closing the, in uh, for the gill. The is the, yeah. So I, it sounds like you haven't decided yet, Joseph. This is coming down to this exact moment. No, I think I don't think me and Trent are going to be in the ring across from each other. I think we're going to be the tag team on this. I'm going to go for the Batman. All right, all right. I, I will say, Joseph, Wakanda Forever was my second choice, and the only and one of the reasons I didn't pick it too was I was like, he does reuse some of the ones from the first movie, so I have to hmm. I have to give credit a little bit to the wholly original work with Jaquino. That's true. So, uh, for me, this legitimately might have been my most difficult choice for the entire award show. Like, I'm looking at these candidates, and I think the only one, the only soundtrack that I didn't listen to on repeat at some point during the year was Multiverse of Madness. And it's probably because I just didn't like the movie that much. Um, But... You guys have already talked so highly about the Batman, right? That that score is phenomenal. Wakanda Forever, another phenomenal score. You guys have both talked about it a little bit yourselves, but from the moment the movie starts, the score just kind of wraps its arms around you and it and it locks you into the movie. It's a very emotional movie, and the score highlights all those emotions. Andor, I thought was like just banger after banger i mean nicholas Bratel, who i don't think has direct or uh, conducted anything for star wars before it's always kind of iffy when you get a new someone other than john williams to conduct something for star wars but he i think uh made an excellent entry into the the star wars genre and i love the andor soundtrack so much and then rings of power i listened to a ton when that show came out uh bear mccreary who who also did you know the walking dead um kind of just out of nowhere i never really heard his stuff before out of nowhere creates this uh masterpiece for for the rings of power show and i think what's cool is that all these scores just so uh perfectly match what the show is trying to do but for me there's one that stood above the rest 
And guys, we stand united because I am also voting for Michael Giacchino's The Batman score. When I think back to this year, like when I, I and I think about like listening to that score, it had me hype. It had me had me feeling things about the movie. But I think when you watch, you sit down and watch the movie, it embodies like Gotham City. You know what I mean? Like it completely matches the setting for this movie. And to me, that's why it stands above the rest. They were all so good in my mind, but I think the Batman is slightly above the rest. Um, so, yeah, all three for the Batman. I'm a little surprised there. I was ready for a, a knockout brawl, but we didn't get it. Um, I thought me and Trent were going to be fighting with, with him taking uh, maybe something like Andor, which I liked. Yeah. But- yeah. I will say the the Neomos song is yes. such a banger that should be played at every club for the rest of time. Like <laughs> no one knows why, but it's just always there. Um, I mean, for for me, it's it's no Cantina Band number one. So <laughs> you're right, you're right. That's fair. Okay, guys, you ready to hear the winner? Mm-hmm. So yeah. winning our award for best original score slash soundtrack is the Batman. By Yay. Michael Giacchino. And let me tell you something. The three of us broke the seal on this vote. So the Instagram poll was was a tight race. Our two highest competitors were the Batman and Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So, but the, but the Batman takes the edge. And our first winner of the night is the Batman. We'll have to, have to keep track by the end of the night and see which movie or show came away with the most awards. We got one tally next to the Batman right now. All right. We're going to move on to our next award, which is uh, best cameo. So what was the best cameo in our first year as a podcast? We've got some, we've got some intriguing options here. All right. So the, the candidate list is, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield playing their respective Spider-Mans in Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, we have Luke Skywalker popping off in The Book of Boba Fett. We've got the Illuminati. So Mr. Fantastic, Mr. Fantastic, Charles Xavier, Black Bolt, uh, Maria Rambeau, and uh, Captain Carter all making up the Illuminati in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We have the Joker for his brief cameo in the batman and then we have daredevil for his uh episode and a half or so of a cameo in she hulk attorney on law guys uh what what are we thinking for best cameo here i have a feeling where this is going but uh trent why don't you take us away uh i mean josh if you remember from a conversation that we just had like i gotta (laughs) pick the cameo that was in my favorite mcu movie of Mm. all time right now it's toby and andrew i mean they the movie was great until they showed up and then they show up and the movie reaches like whole other levels for me i mean the fact that we can like let's be like the fact that we got to see these people play these characters again people are going to take this for granted in 10 years but like looking back it's like these are roles that these dudes had left behind for years at this point and we got to see them do it again and not just like do it again and be like oh like let's have a fun action moment or a fun quippy line but actually show like toby embracing this like older wiser spider-man big brother role and andrew getting this closure from like his tragic ending in his second movie i think it just it works and it's the definition of like fan service but fan service that's motivated by story and character and for me that makes it just the best cameo appearance that we got 
you guys know me. You know what my favorite of these franchises is. Uh, my favorite of these franchises is Star Wars. But we'd seen Luke Skywalker recently. <laughs> yes, we had. Uh-huh. In The Mandalorian. And when I was a little kid, I remember when me and my dad would go to the movie theater. And we went and saw X-Men movies and Fantastic Four movies. But one of them stood above the rest. The Spider-Man movies. <laughs> right, you took us on a journey there. <laughs> it, oh, it that was been, fun. My thoughts aside about Spider-Man No Way Home, which, again, I have to say, I liked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like being a little kid again when you see Tobey Maguire pop through. Yep. Yep. He pops through and you're like, it's a little awkward Spider-Man. He's back. And he's talking to, to Ned's grandma and he's saying the thing and he's talking about Uncle Ben. And so I am also going to go Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Yes, sir. It, yes, it, you are. It, it was the one that made me feel the most like a little kid again. Because, you know, our, our our Star Wars movies were like, you know, the prequels, even though we grew up watching the originals. But like, Tobey Maguire was the Spider-Man of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and not to take anything away from Andrew Garfield, but who I actually did like his Spider-Man movies more than Tobey Maguire's. But it's like going into a time machine and saying like, it's like when we first saw Obi-Wan Kenobi again this year. That's mm. what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. The I, uh the, the ratatouille guy eating the ratatouille and then traveling back in time to when he was a kid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, what a great comparison. That's amazing. Yeah. Um excellent votes, both of you. And we're gonna hunker down on uh three of us voting for the same thing again. It has to be Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield for all the reasons you guys already laid out. And I think what I love most about this cameo is that it actually elevated the movie from a story perspective i i actually think that these these two spider-men coming into the movie uh (laughs) propelled tom holland's peter parker forward in a way that uh i i didn't expect i i expected these guys to swing in through a doctor strange portal and throw a few punches and then swing their way on out but we got some real we got some real moments between the three spider-men and I think this is my favorite and drum roll, please. We will go ahead and announce our winner. Not only was it our favorite, but it was literally everyone else that voted for this polls favorite because we have our first unanimous winner. Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield are our best cameo for 2022. I need to change my vote. <laughs> Just kidding. They were they were the best. They were. They were hands down the best. They were hands the, down the best. The only reason they they maybe I could see somebody else voting for them is like I, I almost wondered myself voting, like, are they in the movie too long to be cameos was my only mm. like hesitation. But I'm like, nah, because yeah. they're still it's still just basically the last like forty five minutes and like they're not we don't we don't think they're coming back except no. I, I'm hearing rumors about <laughs> Secret Wars. But, and and the, the the great thing about these polls are we get to set the rules. Yes, so. we do. Yeah, exactly. yes, we do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's uh, let's hop over to our next award. And uh, 
next up, we are going to tackle the category of the villain of the year. Villain of the year, guys. What do we think was the villain of the year? Well, let's go over our nominees for the villain of 2022. We have Vecna from Stranger Things Season 4. We have Wanda Maximoff from Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We have Namor from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. We have Deidre Miro from Andor. And then we have the Riddler from the Batman. Um, A pretty stacked stage. I- I'll say so myself. I think we got some really good villains in the year of 2022. So, Trent, who is your... or How, how did you come to your conclusive vote in uh, the villain of the year? For me... A villain is somebody who can challenge the protagonists the most, right? It it forces the protagonist to, you know, push themselves and figure out things that they didn't think they could do before and, you know, forces them to think about things in a different way. And I think the villain who did that the most out of any other villain this year is Vecna. Um, Actually forcing all these kids, not just Eleven, to do, you know, extra special telekinesis, but all these kids to, to use their creative thinking. I think Vecna um just just really push the boundaries and also just the combination of cgi and makeup effects are so stellar it's one of the more i think memorable um villains created in recent memory but there, there's a lot of good ones on on this list this one is tough for me and and it, it, you'll understand why if you remember the wakanda forever review where i was like eh, i don't really know if <laughs> namor is a villain yeah that's right so it, it's tougher of the people in this list. Namor is my favorite. Ooh, but I, I don't know if I can vote for him as a villain. So, <laughs> well, you got you got to do something. That's tough. Hmm. You know what? Is Joseph going to go say, back I, on his word? I'm going to say it. Namor is not a villain. Oh, I'm voting for the villain that said. Hey, superhero, suck it. The Riddler, he blew up Gotham. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, all great right. choice. Great choice. Great choice. Great choice. You have me. You, you're taking us on a roller coaster journey every time, Joseph. I love it. I love it. Oh, we got it. We got a tight race here. And um, I, you know, I did a lot of thought coming into these votes, uh, kind of took my notes beforehand. And this one was a tough one for me because I, I see probably like, honestly, I, I could see myself voting for any, any one of these villains. Um, I think that the most slept on is probably Deidre from, from Andor uh, as a, as an antagonist that you actually like kind of like, even though she's in the empire. Um, I think about the just absolute chaos that Wanda Maximoff was, was just so entertaining to watch. Um, and then the guy, the two that you guys voted for already, performed great in their in their own right. And I'm going to have to side with Joseph on this vote. And I am picking the Riddler as well. I think that he pushes our year two Batman to to his limits in this movie. I think he's a step ahead of the Batman almost every scene in this movie and for our detective centered batman that's a great villain to have is someone that forces him to 
dig deep into his bag of detective skills to to uncover this uh this criminal so i'm voting for the riddler along with joseph and guys we have our first tie of the night so the the top two candidates right now as it stands are the two that we voted for that's vecna and the riddler so we're gonna have to break this tie by either one of us voting for someone who uh actually you know what we'll do this we're gonna do this survivor style all right you can only vote for vecna or the riddler now that they have the two most votes uh there is no i guess people's champ versus podcast uh booth champ because we 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 voted for different people here so is anyone willing to change their vote i feel like jeff probes here I'll I'll go ahead and uh, switch my vote to the Riddler because that is my second choice for the year. Oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm with okay. Joseph. Namor isn't a villain. He's an antagonist, and he he does some some questionable things, but he's not a villain. So I can't I can't sway things his way. But for all the reasons you said, Paul Dano did a great job as the Riddler, and so I'm I'm more than comfortable saying that that's my second place choice and tipping the scales in his favor. I'm I'm glad Trent switched because nothing you guys could say would get me to switch my vote to Vecna because I haven't seen Stranger Things. <laughs> so. I forgot about that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I have no idea what you guys are talking about with Vecna. With Vecna, I I'll be honest, like it was up there for me too. I, I I could speak on the fact that I vegna was a great villain for all the things that trent already said it pushes this young little ragtag team of our our favorite stranger things friends um to kind of learn more about themselves and grow and he finds their weaknesses i personally think though there we didn't get enough vegna in the season to make him the villain of the year i think the riddler had his fingerprints all over the batman i think season five of stranger things though Vegna is going to be on full display throughout the entirety of the season. So, um, yeah, sorry for everyone who voted uh, for voted Vegna. I can I, I I'm sure you're not going to be too happy about the way we made <laughs> Trent Switch's vote. But that's how that's how we were running things today. So our villain of the year goes to the one and only the Riddler. Um, shout out to Paul Dano. Um, all right. We got three winners in the books, guys. Uh, this is this is fun. I'm having a great time. Um, we're gonna move on to our kind of like mirror category of the one we just did, which is our rookie of the year. So our best new hero. I want to I want to highlight the that the fact that we're in the superhero era of content. That means we're getting new superheroes left and right. Let's celebrate who took the stage as the best new hero introduced to us, a character that we fell in love with almost immediately. And our candidates are She-Hulk, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, Black Adam, and Werewolf by Night. Trent, why don't you kick us off? You know, like you said, it was a big year for uh, for new heroes. The hierarchy of power in the DC universe changed, guys. Um <laughs> Dwayne Johnson finally got to realize his big passion project with Black Adam. And um, I got to say, like, there, there's lots of talk about Black Adam. I actually think the character of Black Adam is one of the more compelling parts of that movie. Um, I really liked what Dwayne did there. Um, you know, um, Amon Vellani was outstanding as just like everybody's favorite, you know, teen MCU fan, um, Kamala Khan. I thought she was outstanding. But the character that I'm most excited to pick up on their journey um in the in whatever the next installment is is werewolf by night 
Oh, nice. I, I, it just, that special, it was, it was, you know, it was so quick and it sort of dropped on MCU without a lot of buildup, but, um, or Disney Plus without a lot of buildup. But, um, yeah, I just really loved everything about that special. Um, I like that, that, that little weird corner of the, the MCU that it's building for itself. Yeah, no, just, uh, just, um, Werewolf by Night. Uh, yeah, that was, that's the most, uh, the character I'm most excited to pick things up with again next time we see him. I think it's such a unique character that it's like this horror thing, but it still has that MCU wit about it. I think it's just a really unique thing that I can't wait to see uh, the MCU explore more of. Yeah, my of the the MCU shows that came out and, and movies this year that came out with with rookie heroes. I'm gonna have to go with Moon Knight. Okay, I uh, really really enjoyed Moon Knight. I, I liked how different of a hero he was because he has three completely distinct personalities and only knows about two of them. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to go with moon Knight. I, I really want to see more of where that character's going. Yeah. Um, great picks for both of you. I, uh, I gotta say, <clears throat> I loved almost all these characters, uh, but none more actually. And then this surprised me actually, as I thought about it and voted, uh, none more than Amon Vellani as Miss Marvel. Not my favorite show of the year, but I I think when I look at this list and I think like what character am I most excited to see return who kind of captured my attention from the start? It was Miss Marvel. I, I think that uh her character development was just so well done in in the early stages of the show cgi of the character aside and power base of the set aside i just love kamala khan as a character so i i am placing my vote for miss marvel and so our first our first distinction here where all three of us went down separate paths i like it finally um but only one of us voted with the people and uh not not all the people but the majority of the people and that person was Joseph Sneed. Moon Knight Ooh. is our rookie of the year. You can take your acceptance speech for him now, Joseph. No, I'm joking. But yeah, we have our uh, our rookie of the year, Moon Knight. A great show, a great character. Uh, Trent, did you were, were was Moon Knight close to your top? Moon Knight would have been my second choice. So if, okay. if I had to switch for some reason, that's what I would have switched to. So, well, that's great. That's great. I Moon Knight was high up there for me too. Um, all right, let's move to our next category. We have our villain. We have our rookie of the year. Next, we are coming for the award that best represents what this whole podcast is about, and that is the award for best stinger. That's right. How could we not have a category celebrating the thing that our podcast shares a name with? Uh, so the best post credit scene, and, and I'm honestly realizing at this point in time, like maybe not everyone understands that that's what our podcast name is derived from. But yes, the post credit scene, aka the stinger, that wowed us the most. And the, and the candidates for this are from the following movies. I, uh, I'll just say, spoiler alert. You may want to skip over this section of the podcast if you didn't stay for all the post credit scenes or if you didn't see all the movies. But our our candidates are 
Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. We get a post-credit scene that introduces to us T'Challa's son. We get uh, Black Adam's post-credit scene or stinger that brings Henry Cavill's Superman into the fold for a possible, but all of a sudden not very likely, showdown with Black Adam. Uh, we have Andor's post credit scene or stinger, which is the construction of the Death Star, where we learn that everything that Cassie and Andor was working on in the Empire Prison was being used for the eventual Death Star. We have the Thor Love and Thunder stinger, which is the introduction of Hercules to the MCU, played by Roy Kent, our favorite Ted Lasso superstar. Um, no, I, I actually don't know the actor's name, but I, I just I just immediately default to Roy Kent. <laughs> but Fred Goldstein, I think is his name. Thank you. Thank you. And then lastly, we have our Moon Knight stinger or post credit scene, which is the the return of Khonshu as as uh, our friend Mark Spector thinks he's shaken Khonshu's grasp. Well, there is another personality that we are going to learn about in a future Moon Knight installment that that Khonshu is is coming for. So. Those are our candidates. Trent, what did you think was the best stinger? Well, if you asked me a week ago, this would have been a very easy choice. But now th- that doesn't seem relevant anymore. Um, for, <laughs> for, for me, the, it, it has to be the – and I'm actually – this is different from my notes that I didn't prep. But it, I think it has to be the Death Star cameo um, Ooh. in Andor because I was watching a video the other day. Or maybe it was actually a tweet that I saw where somebody pointed out they're like, what's great about this cameo is that like Andor is never going to know this, right? Like, like we yeah. have the knowledge that he was taking place and assembling the very thing that we know is going to kill him eventually, but he's never oh. going to know that not only is that thing going to kill him, but him building the Death Star, which will kill him, was part of his radicalization to joining the rebellion. I think that's just such a it's a it's a great Easter egg fan servicey moment, but in typical Tony Gilroy fashion. It's not just there to be like, oh, look, kids, it's the Death Star. It's This advances um, Cassian's mm-hmm. character arc. And I think that's just tragic, beautiful, and brilliant. So, yeah, that one, that one's my favorite. Trent looked into my mind and stole my answer because literally <laughs> oh. it's the exact same thing. Because if you had asked me a week ago, I'd have been like, dude, Superman's back. <laughs> and now I'm like, well, that's, that's meaningless. And I look at this other thing and I'm like, hmm. That star is pretty cool. So yep. uh, I, I think I'm going to go with Andor as well. So for those that, that aren't in on the loop, there uh, James Gunn, who directed the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, has taken over as the creative lead, like kind of like the Kevin Feige of the DC universe, and is making changes. He's he's putting names on the chopping block and saying, I'm sorry, it's we thank you, but your time is done. And one of those was tragically... After he left The Witcher to reprise his role as Superman, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill will no longer be playing Superman. So that post credit scene in Black Adam means basically nothing now. And I got to be honest, guys, this probably would have been my vote, too, because this was the one that shocked me the most in the theater. But since it doesn't matter anymore, I'm actually not voting with you guys. I am going with the Wakanda Forever teaser because uh, not only... Was it was it just really cool? It, it was very heartfelt and uh, made me tear up a little bit to to see the legacy of T'Challa, the character carried on. And, and who knows, maybe 
I mean, the little kid that plays it was was great in the five minute stinger that we saw. But eventually that that uh, T'Challa's son in, in the movie universe is going to grow up and be replaced by another actor. And we might we might see T'Challa again in the MCU somewhere down the line. And that really excites me. And so uh, to go for our winner for best stinger. I voted with the people this time. It's Black Panther Wakanda Forever winning best stinger. So there you go, folks. That was that was my second choice. It's it's a really great, seemingly small moment, but very emotionally pack, impactful, I think, to have yeah. T'Challa's legacy literally live on, I think was really, really cool. You know, I, I think my second favorite is technically not a stinger, but it's in one of the movies on here. The the Jane Foster getting into Valhalla scene. Oh, I kind of forgot about that. Honestly, that that was pretty, so. Why was that your favorite or second favorite? You know, I just thought it was really nice. You see uh, um, Heimdall there, and Jane gets to Valhalla, and you're like, oh, they've been talking about Valhalla a lot, and she made it. Yeah, it was really. Well, I, it, I thought it was, it was a nice, was nice, and you know, it, it was real short. Probably is not going to have any kind of impact on the story in the future. Um, but I just thought it was a nice little scene. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, that one that one was cool. I, I honestly forgot about that. Both, the, I guess Thor had a lot of good uh, stingers then. That That's cool. All right. Let's move on to our next category, which is going to be the biggest shock. The biggest shock or surprise. And we have a stacked list of nominees for this one as well. So here's a, a, again, spoilers for a lot of shows that maybe shows and movies that maybe you haven't seen. So you could skip ahead if you haven't seen these things. But our nominees are She-Hulk literally breaking the fourth wall and breaking the Disney Plus menu to break into Marvel Studios at the end of She-Hulk Attorney at Law. We then have the very very well-timed appearance of eric killmonger in black panther wakanda forever after shuri takes the heart-shaped herb we then have luke skywalker's just whole appearance in the book of boba fett i know he was already nominated in uh best cameo but not only was it a cameo it was a freaking big surprise to a lot of us too we next have the very methodically laid out uh Duffer Brothers reveal that the villain of Hawkins in Stranger Things was Vecna. It was also Henry Creel. It was also one. They're all the same person. And then lastly, uh, your, your level of shock may vary across the board here, but the reveal that Hal Brand was Sauron, definitely an intended plot twist and shock at the end of Rings of Power. All right. Uh, there's our nominees. Trent, take us away. Yeah, uh, a lot of great stuff on this list. Um, yes, obviously, even though I think we all predicted the Halbrand one, I do think <laughs> you know the, the it, you could see what the writers were doing, and I do think the it, it was fun to sort of like see how like they were sort of winking at it the whole way through the season. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's great, but I think in terms of the the moment that most surprised me that I, if you had paid me to write an end to this thing, I wouldn't have predicted ever that She-Hulk was going to break the <laughs> Disney Plus app. Like of all the 
the permeations of MCU type endings that that was not on the list. And so I have to give the show credit for fully embracing the, the fourth wall breaking history of the comics and of, of Jennifer Walters doing that in the comics, like writing notes to the writers and stuff like that. I yes, think, yes. Um, I, I think taking that to its fullest potential was a really bold creative choice and definitely um, as I said in the pod, I have issues with that finale, but I, I can't deny that it's probably the most creative of all of the Disney Plus finales. I still have no idea about this Vecna and one thing, so <laughs> I can't vote for that. Um, you know, I, I really think the biggest shock, my, dr- my jaw was on the floor. I had no idea this was coming about how brand being sour, you know, who could have <laughs> called that in the second episode? Uh <laughs> There's only one of these that I would describe as a fever dream. And I mean, how do you even describe She-Hulk? It it just sounds (laughs) ridiculous. She, you're like, did my Disney plus app just fail? And then she like punches out one of the title blocks. (laughs) And you're like, what, what is going on? Am I awake? So, I, I, mean, I think I have to go with She-Hulk because you know you see Killmonger appearing, you're like, okay, this is a this is a surprise, but I can kind of you know I can kind of follow where they're going. And same thing with Luke, you know, the Mandalorian's like, I got to go find Baby Yoda, and you're like, oh well, Luke's gonna be back. But like Trent said, how do you even write? How do you even write that? How do you come up with that? You gotta be. <laughs> You gotta be on something, man. So I'm gonna go. <laughs> I love it. I I will stand in solidarity with the two of you, and I will also cast my vote for She-Hulk breaking the fourth wall in the finale. I I I've thought about this a lot. I think this scene in particular is is uh, plays a large role in why I love She-Hulk so much, but it's also indicative of everything else the show was too, right? Uh, it took a lot of big swings uh, and this being the biggest one. I think about this moment, though, and I'm like, I would have loved to watch this with a group of people. You know what I mean? Like, I know it was a Disney Plus show, but gosh, I would have loved it if it was ha- somehow a movie. And we all got to watch that on screen in a, it, together. You know, like this was this was made for one of like the most like mind boggling plot twist of all time. It, it was crazy. Can you imagine this in like 3D? <laughs> that would be awesome. Can that you, would have yeah. been incredible. She-Hulk is all of a sudden in your face. She's like sitting atop the people in in the front row. It'd be awesome. That'd be that'd be insane. Um, okay, so we have our votes in, and while we all significantly impacted this vote, it wasn't enough to take down. Our winner for biggest shock, which is Vecna and one and Henry Creel being the same person in Stranger Things season four. It's a really good twist. It's a really good one. I I, I think Trent, me and you might have talked about this when we did the Stranger Things pod. But in terms of storytelling in, in, in a world like Stranger Things, that's been drawn out over like seven years, right? Like that we've gotten we've gotten four seasons of the show over seven years. This is one of the best like this is this is one of the best reveals in in world building ploys that i think i've ever seen in a in a fandom anything um it's really like to to know that the writers had this in mind 
since the d- day one of, of, you know, or maybe not day one, but since they started writing season one uh, is pretty, pretty incredible. And the fans, the Stinger fans, you Stinger faithful, you guys thought so too. And and y'all picked the winner on this one. It was not the three of us. Y'all picked the winner. So, so Stranger Things takes home the prize for Biggest Shock. Our next category, this is, this is our last category that will deal with kind of you know one of these a scene or a specific character from from here on out after this it's kind of like the the best of the best the big awards that that we are that we want to showcase on this show but last of these kind of side awards we have the award for best action sequence best action sequence and so there were a lot this was a stat category we had six uh nominees for best action sequence and two of them coming from the same tv show and and that's andor so so the two andor sequences are the prison escape in episode 10 an absolute thrill ride from start to finish we also have the aldani heist as a nominee another uh that that was episode six and that was another thrill ride from start to finish two two extremely gripping episodes of television we then have the Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader duel at the end of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Our fourth nominee is the final battle and fight at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home. All three Spider-Men unite to take down the almost Sinister Six of uh, Dr. Octopus, Green Goblin, Sandman, uh, Electro, and the Lizard. And then uh, our fifth nominee is going to be the batmobile chase as bruce wayne the batman chases down the penguin throughout the streets of gotham city and lastly uh something we haven't talked about yet on the podcast at all and i'm so excited that it's a nominee for this and that is from the movie top gun maverick that is the final mission uh from top gun maverick as the squad of of top gun pilots Go to take down the secret, uh, the secret base out in the mountains of a mysterious nation uh, that we don't know the the name of for sure. And uh, yeah, the the final Top Gun mission is our final nominee. A stacked field, guys. I feel like this was one another one of the toughest things for me to choose. So, Trent, what what was your thought process here? Yeah, we got so many great, you know, memorable action moments here. Um, you know, Batman chasing the penguin. I think is actually like a really underrated pick for one of the better car chases in recent memory. Cause you got the penguin mm. just wrecking everything and Bruce trying not to, to his best ability, but like, you know, still wanting to get the penguin down. And there's that great shot at the very end where like the Batmobile slides and then like the camera freezes and penguin just flies overhead. Um, the Obi-Wan Darth Vader fight was, I was so nervous about like, uh, like seeing these two fight again. Is it going to mean much to me? Uh, it it was great from a visual standpoint of the dark planet and just their lightsabers clashing and the emotional final conversation between Anakin and Obi Wan. But there was one thing that had me like knuckle clutching my seat in the theater that had me like fist pumping the air that had me like borderline in tears at moments uh top gun maverick has like the best action thing not just this year but maybe i've seen in like 10 years like like guys this might be my favorite third act since like the two towers like oh wow oh man we're making we're calling shots tonight 
It's just so good. And it, the, there's so many great character moments, like when Rooster does like the talk to me dad. Like, oh my gosh, oh. are you kidding me? Yes. And then when oh Maverick gosh. does the Cobra maneuver that he did to school Rooster early on in the movie to save his life from one of the yes. missiles. Like, no, it's just this. And, the, and again, the fact that it's obviously, yes, it's real planes and that's awesome. But also the CGI and the editing just all work together in such a perfect way that it can't be anything else in my mind. Yeah, for me, you look at these and it's like, what do you, what do you want from an action scene? You mm-hmm. want drama, you want speed, you want good choreography, good camera angles. And I think if there was a shot from an action scene, it would either be from the Spider-Man fight or the Obi-Wan versus Vader fight. But to take an action scene as it is and say, we are going to flex on everyone. <laughs> I can't see how you get around Top Gun. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like Trent was saying, it's it's so well done. And you've got the shot which that was in the trailer of them coming around the bend over the top of the, the river. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got what might be my favorite shot of the the you know it's basically the trench run Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. where they're about to get over land and mavericks like form up and they're in this diamond and then they all shift to a straight line yes oh my god it's it's like the it's a perfect action sequence there's nothing that could be changed about it because you could kind of look at the obi-wan invader fight and be like "Uh, they could maybe beef up the choreography a little bit I wish they wouldn't have used as much shaky cam um, and or prison escape and Aldani heist. Those were both really good, but I mean, I don't see how you get better than, than Top Gun. It's such a good sequence. I, I'm, I'm going to speak to that a little bit, Joseph, because um, I, I'll say my vote is also Top Gun Maverick, this final flight mission that uh, will be three for three here. But let me, I mean, like, I, I could have voted any one of these other categories uh, if it weren't for Top Gun being so good. I mean, like, Andor, the Andor Prison Escape and the Aldani Heist, those are entire episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, those are entire episodes where it is, like, almost nonstop action the entire way through, other than a few breaks for, for dialogue or a monologue here and there. And it's some of the best Star Wars that I've seen in years. Then you've got Obi-Wan Vader, which I didn't think was as good um, or it wasn't what I expected. It wasn't what I expected it to be, but it has this strong, dramatic moment at the end of the fight that I think makes it really, really good. And I think almost saves some of the critiques we might have about it. Um, The Spider-Man fight was like a feast for our eyes that we just got to watch all these characters come together and it was dramatic. It was funny and very well like edited together. Um, the Batmobile Jace was a incredible scene in the theater. And I think to me, maybe the one that was closest to this Top Gun uh, final mission, because like, it, it's not, it, it's not a fight. Like these other nominees are right. Like it is, it is a chase and it's uh 
I, I didn't think that we would see something after Christopher Nolan's Batman movies that that matched some of the Batmobile shots that we got of the giant tumbler rumbling its way through Gotham City in the Nolan movies. And then we get this and the Batmobile is completely different. And the 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 color of this of this scene, like the the bright orange kind of just permeating through the darkness of Gotham City. Oh, man, it's incredible. But it, it still doesn't top Top Gun Maverick's final mission. Like, it still doesn't top it. And you guys have already spoken to it, but it is uh, is beautiful, and it's a freaking thrill ride. I mean, like, I was, like, Trent, like you pointed out, like, gripping, you are gripping your seat in suspense the whole way through. It It is stressful in probably the best way possible. So, all right. We've got our votes in. We all were Top Gun Maverick, ride or die. And the winner of the best action sequence. Well, it turns out the majority of you voting online thought the same as we did. And so our best action sequence is the final mission of Top Gun Maverick. A movie that we loved and we can't wait to talk about in the future. Right, guys? Like, we're we're probably going to talk about this movie. I I feel like we have to squeeze some time in considering that it from a a box office standpoint it was literally the biggest movie this year that we can't not talk about it at some point down the road here (laughs) it's so good and it it fits into that mold of blockbuster movies that we typically talk about and it's uh it might it it very well could be viewed as like a game changer for for blockbuster movies so uh it's the movie that saved movie theaters guys like honestly yeah honestly a lot of people will say that Tom Cruise is like the last movie star after Black Adam flopped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, which is wild. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that. That's, that's pretty crazy. Okay. Um, so those are, those are kind of our, our fun little uh, action sequence, character driven, specific scene driven awards from here on out. We're going to, we're going to talk about our favorite acting performances and we're going to talk about, the TV show and movie of the year. But we first will kick things off with uh, best supporting actress. And the nominees for our best supporting actress category are Sadie Sink uh, for playing Max in Stranger Things, Zoe Kravitz for playing Catwoman in The Batman, Genevieve O'Reilly for playing Mon Mothma in Andor, then Denise Go for playing. Deidre Miro in Andor, Angela Bassett for playing Queen Ramonda in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and then Marissa Tomei as Aunt May in Spider-Man No Way Home. This, I, I think we're going to have some good discussions for all of these categories the rest of the way through because I think we have a, a lot of variants uh, amongst maybe what we're picking here. So Trent, you, you kick us off. No, we got a lot of great supporting performances here. Um, Marissa Tomei like did such a great job. She gets to deliver the Spider-Man line to Tom Holland's Spider-Man, yes. and and you know even though we've heard it so many times and it's kind of become a cliche in pop culture at this point, she injects a whole you know individual meaning unique to her character. I think, which is a really hard thing to do. Um, I thought Zoe Kravitz did a phenomenal job as Catwoman. Um, yeah, it was just great because she has this romantic flirtation with batman but also kind of schooling him about like his simplistic worldview i thought that worked really well Mm. um in terms of one performance though that like 
I could not look away every time, any time this person was on screen. I think it has to be Angela Bassett as Queen mm. Ramonda in Wakanda Forever. Like that scene and her just in the United Nations, just owning people, being like, oh, you think we're weak just because we've lost our king? That scene's great. And then obviously, I remember we all talked when that first trailer dropped and we're like, oh, oh. like Angela Bassett's acting with like capital letters. Yes. And and, yes. We, and I remember thinking then, I'm like, she might w- get nominated for an Oscar for this. And, and sure enough, that murmur and discussions building up so yeah i think that rumor ha- is very strong right now yeah so and i think I, I think it has to be for me queen ramonda angela bassett you did phenomenal work awesome she she very well might be the first mcu actor to be nominated for one of the big oscar uh best performance awards i think which would uh would be a very very big moment for the the mcu that's been kind of building up to this for a while so joseph let's uh let's let's hear your thought process this category is by far the easiest one for me. This is like if 1992 Michael Jordan was transported to the present and said, go play 21 versus Joseph as he is now. (laughs) What? I think this actress just straight up dunked on everybody else on this list and everybody else on this list. I haven't seen Sadie Singh, but everyone else on this list was really good, Mm -hmm. but it's not even a competition for me. (laughs) It's like, I see this and and you know, some of the other, well, really all of the other categories like, Oh, okay. I can see an argument for this. I'm like, Nope. Angela Bassett. It's okay. Nobody. There's nobody else that even comes close to her, I, I think, in this list. And again, except for Sadie Sink, since I haven't seen Stranger Things, I thought all the rest of these were pretty good. But like Trent said, she's acting with capital letters. It's like, yes. I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, if you look at this and compare it to, I mean, if you just want to compare it to all of the Marvel movies, it might be like the best performance in a Marvel movie. I mean, That's having, a great question. I mean, I'm having trouble thinking of, of better ones. I mean, uh, Robert Downey Jr. In, in Infinity War was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you're, you're looking at this like, this could be the best performance we've ever seen in a Marvel movie. Wow. Trent, can you think of a better performance? No, I th- I think Joseph's right. I think you could make an argument for like Robert Downey, and if we're if we're including all of Marvel, I think you can make sort of arguments for like Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina in the Toby Ooh, trilogy. Yeah. But like, yeah. but I think you have to go back that far to even get to like runner ups. Like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I it's hard to argue with that, and uh, for me. I also uh, loved Angela Bassett's performance here, right? Like, I, I'm I I can't add much to the conversation other than what you guys have already said. Uh, these other actresses also killed it, and uh, you know, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman was <clears throat> phenomenal, right? Like, oh yeah, she was great, inc- inc- incredible, and I can't wait to see her and Robert Pattinson interact more throughout the future of this Batman trilogy. The two actresses from Andor, Genevieve O'Reilly and Denise Go, awesome. And just that star-studded cast of Andor, just everybody was was batting a thousand through and through. Marissa Tomei, 
love her to death for what she did with Aunt May because it, it, it really was was different and she she owned it. Um Joseph, you didn't you didn't see Stranger Things, but I will say this vote came down to two people in my mind. Um and, and it seems like it came down to two people for the the greater audience of the stinger as well. Sadie Sink as Max in Stranger Things was truly special and she's like she she is one of the like you know we talk a lot of times in sports about you know like who's got the brightest future in the league right with young quarterbacks or or young nba players and stuff like that sadie sink has that potential as a young actress just like i i i don't know if either of you have gotten or or plan to go see the whale i have not seen it but rumors are She's pretty great in that too. And I she's crushing it in Stranger Things season four. And actually a lot of the plot hinges around her, so she has a lot of work to do. Um But still, I can't not vote for Angela Bassett. Not only not only like is she great, but she has to be great for this movie to be as powerful as it is mm-hmm. she is mourning the law lo- her character is mourning the loss of her son not only that but in real life she's mourning the loss of a friend and i think that that kind of sold it for me on this vote and so i am giving my vote to angela bassett as well all right so it's time time for the reveal of our winner and we have our second tie of the night um. we have an even split between Sadie Sink and Angela Bassett. Definitely, definitely a surprise. Definitely a surprise. All three of us were united on the Angela Bassett front here. So, so here's my thought. We talked about this before the podcast. What if this happened? Like, what if all three of us voted one way and we still end up in a tie? I think what we do here is we award a people's choice and we award a podcast host choice. Uh, award here so so maybe we have two winners for best supporting actress sadie sink and angela bassett how do we feel about that i'm feeling good sadie sink was my second choice and if, <laughs> if i had picked i feel like angela bassett would be a lot of people's number two choice if they voted for sadie sink so i feel mm-hmm. like it's it's fair to recognize them both as uh as someone who has not seen stranger things uh it seems like the stinger audience is all on crack or something so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, uh, you know I, I haven't seen it, but you know, I've seen Angela Bassett. So for it to be this close, uh, Sadie Singh must have been pretty good. She was great. She was she really was, great. She was really great. And uh, if you ever get around to watching Stranger Things, Joseph, I think I think you'll agree. I feel like um, we're, gonna get, we're gonna get a text in like five years, being like, either "Wow, Sadie Singh was that good," or like, "God, <laughs> she really wasn't." Like we're just gonna get a random text right. on a Tuesday in five years. Guys, we need to, we need to change. Uh, the 2022 award it'd be like the middle of 2025 or something guys i finally watched it and uh the audience was tripping they were wrong (laughs) oh man well wow a double award here i'll have to make an extra trophy um all right let's move on to our other supporting role category that is best supporting actor and the Nominees for Best Supporting Actor are Jeffrey Wright, playing Jim Gordon in The Batman. Stellan Skarsgård, playing Luthen Rail in Andor. Noah Schnapp, playing Will Byers in Stranger Things Season 4. Paul Dano, playing the Riddler in The Batman. Yeah, that's two Batman characters for you. 
Our fifth nominee for uh, Best Supporting Actor is uh, Tina Cuerta playing Namor in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And I got to be honest, don't know if I pronounced his name correctly. So my apologies if I wasn't on the mark there. And then lastly, we have Charlie Vickers who played Halbrand in The Rings of Power. Another stacked field, guys. Trent, what, what were you thinking for Best Supporting Actor? Yeah, I'm feel I'm feeling kind of conflicted about this one, um, because you know we talked about Paul Dano a little bit with like the best villain, but like his performance is so great, like yeah. that 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 like little taunting thing he does when he's doing the the like the quiz with Coulson and the bomb, and he's just like correct, like yes. that's great, and then like when he realizes Batman doesn't know his full plan, and he's just like no, it was not how this was supposed to go. Um, that stuff's great. I I actually really love what with with uh what Jeffrey Wright did as um Gordon. Like I love mm-hmm. that he just like views Batman as kind of his bro that he doesn't know. He literally calls him like man so many different times in that movie, <laughs> and it's the best thing ever. Like you can tell he thinks that this whole Batman thing is ridiculous, but he also respects him. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's one actor who's similar to Angela Bassett, where I'm thinking about like acting with capital letters um it's it's still in Skarsgård as Luthen. i have thought about that one speech like lines from that one speech in andor like they just randomly pop up in my head ever since i watched that episode <laughs> i literally that was the only time this year that i like was like watching something that i was like i need to go back and rewatch this scene like right now like because it was just that good like i've made my mind yeah. a sunless place i share my dreams oh. with ghosts like how how do you top that so yeah stone scars artist luthan yeah i <clears throat> i think based on when the episodes came out i had like a, a switch mm. uh i now he's not a villain but i really love namor uh in wakanda mm-hmm. forever so i'm not i'm not gonna try but uh namor <laughs> Oh is, is, no! Well, not that's not my vote, but Namor oh, oh, okay, is one of okay. my favorites. Okay. And then Mans comes down the elevator and says, "And what do you sacrifice?" <laughs> and Stellan Skarsgård is like, "I'm hitting Randall Cobb down the middle at Soldier Field on this one." Oh, bro, you don't have to do me like that. You know, it, we were having a good time, Joseph. I'm still having a good time. <laughs> No, <laughs> uh, Josh. You, you know I got to get my digs in because the do. Packers are bad. So. You don't. Yeah, um, you don't. You don't have much longer before we get this stellar draft, twenty twenty three. Well, continue. Uh, carry, carry on about Stellan Skarsgård. But I mean, Trent's right. You just listen to that speech, and you're like, "Oh my goodness, this guy is like resigned to his death and just wants to keep on going." So. Yeah, I mean, now without that speech, I probably do go for Namor. Yeah, but yeah. but that put, that puts it over the top. So I'm going to go for Stellan Skarsgård. Oh boys, uh, let me let me tell you this. Uh, it gives me great pride and joy to to say that I agree with the both of you, and that Stellan Skarsgård as Luthen and Andor was like. Far and away, I I will say it. I think it might have been the best performance all year. Like, out of what we're talking about in these shows here. I just, like, it, that speech does put it over the edge of my mind, Joseph. I agree. But what he's doing from start to finish in this show 
is remarkable and some of the best that we've got to witness in star wars right like when i one of the things that sticks out to me about this performance is he's playing two different versions of himself not like a multiverse but like he's playing a character who has to get into character and i think anytime an actor can do that it's very very impressive to me um and and that might that might just be my preference but i just absolutely loved it and and that that speech at the elevator lives rent free in my mind too like i i like it's just so good and and when i think about like the best moments in what we've talked about on this podcast all year that might be the one that might be the moment that i'm like I, that that was the best thing i watched all year and so stellan skarsgård gets the vote for me too don't get me wrong uh tina Huerta playing namor great uh paul dano was send full sending it as the riddler and he was he was very close to getting my vote in this uh in this category as well and i agree with you trent that jeffrey wright uh or i can't remember who said it but jeffrey wright as jim gordon i didn't i didn't think you could top uh gary oldman as jim gordon and i'm saying i'm not saying jeffrey wright did but he made it he made it a competition and i love that uh it was really cool really cool to see um so it's time to reveal our winner of best supporting actor and we three sat here and we voted for Stellan Skarsgård. So happy to put his name down, but it didn't matter because the people had one more vote than we did for Paul Dano as the Riddler. And uh, yeah, Paul Dano is our best supporting actor. I'm not upset about that. I'm really not. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I'm only slightly upset because I'm not sure people are watching Andor like they should. I, I was about to say, all that tells me is that people have not caught up on Andor yet. Like I, I think so too. And I, I'm just going to say, like we're not done talking about Andor. I, I will preach the Andor gospel on this podcast. So... Just be just be on the lookout for some more uh, some more Andor praise. If you haven't seen it yet, I is my goal to convince you through this podcast to watch it before this episode is over. Um, all right, but best supporting actor goes to Paul Dano. He crushed it. He absolutely crushed it as the Riddler. And so now we move to the best leads uh, section of our podcast. We'll we'll kick it off with best lead actor. And our our nominees for Best Lead Actor are Diego Luna playing Cassian Andor in Andor. Oscar Isaac playing Moon Knight. Uh, he's playing Mark Spector and... Stephen Grant. Stephen Grant, that's right. My guy, my guy. He's playing Stephen Grant. He's playing Mark Spector as Moon Knight in Moon Knight. We have Robert Pattinson, a.k.a. Robbie Bats, playing Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. the Batman in The Batman. We have... Joe Keery playing our handsome little devil Steve in Stranger Things Season 4. We have Ewan McGregor playing our childhood hero, Obi-Wan in Obi-Wan Kenobi. And we have Tom Holland as Peter Parker in Spider-Man in Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, Trent, where, where do we begin here? Yeah, this one's tough because I think Tom Holland, I think he's been a great Spider-Man since day one, but I definitely think he took his acting to a whole other level mm. for No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Um, I, You know, Ewan, um, I, I know people are more coming around on the prequels as a whole, but I think people have sort of agreed from the jump that like Ewan was the best part of the prequels or one of the best parts. Mm-hmm. So seeing mm-hmm. him back obviously was great. Um, 
Yeah, and I think Robert Pattinson surprised everybody with, you know, the guy from Twilight really being a good Batman. It's like, yes, he was a great Batman. But in terms of the performance that I'm going to think about the most from this list, I think I got to give it to Oscar Isaac for what he did on Moon Knight. And okay. similar, similar to the Luthan situation, I think it really comes down to, for me, that, that Asylum episode where he's bouncing between the two of them within like the same scene sometimes and having mm-hmm. this realization about which personality is the core and how this Steven personality emerged. I think that's just a really phenomenal um, acting showcase that we've sort of rarely seen in the MCU like we were just talking about. So yeah, Oscar Isaac. Okay. I've, I've got to give this one to my heart. Obi-Wan Kenobi, man. I just, Ooh, all right. I, I, I've, I've, you know, except for Joe Keery, because again, haven't seen Stranger Things. These were all really good, but I mean, it's, it's the same as um, the the cameos with uh, the two Spider-Mans. It's like, I felt like a little kid again. This, this was just, and he, it, it was like, he's still Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, he's not completely different. And I like the journey that he took Obi-Wan on, the emotions, the fear you can see in him, the depression, and then kind of how he comes out of that. So I think these were all really good, but I got to I gotta go with my heart on this one and take, take my boy Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's a great choice. I... He he brought me back and he gave me something that I, you know, I, I I didn't know if we would get if we would get that if it would just be nostalgia. But not nah, you McGregor was cooking as as Obi-Wan in in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Um, We are divided. We, we've been voting, you know, three in a row for the same thing for a while now. Uh, Joseph split us up. But I uh, I look at this list and and you guys have already laid out a bunch of uh, great points about who's deserving of this vote i had a, a a different um actor in the mix as well um to me this vote came down between two people trent you mentioned oscar isaac already uh what he does to play mark specter and stephen grant in this show especially in that asylum episode which you talked about earlier was just phenomenal and I, I know we said Angela Bassett had the best performance in the MCU to date, but actually I think Oscar Isaac is, is uh, right behind her. I, I think he is crushing it in this role and acting in a way that we haven't gotten to see anyone do before in the MCU. Um, the other person I, this came down to for me, which you haven't anyone, no one's mentioned yet is Diego Luna. And it's one of the more subtle performances that I think is covered uh, on this podcast, but his performance as Cassie and Andor, um, I don't think it hit me until we got to the end of the show, but it was honestly so important to that show. It's a great ensemble cast and everyone shines in different ways. But if Diego Luna isn't so, if he doesn't like really get into the character of who Cassie Nandor is, none of it works as well. And and so he had this like subtle, the subtlety to his performance that just worked so brilliantly. But I'm going to have to get my vote to Oscar Isaac for all the reasons I already said. So Trent, me and you aligned here, Oscar Isaac getting our votes for best lead actor. And so with that, our winner 
for best lead actor was the the winner was decided by our votes and that is oscar isaac getting the dub for best lead actor are we what, how do we feel with this are we are we surprised i'm a little surprised that the rest of the poll went his way because i didn't know how many people were watching moon Knight, but um i'm happy with it obviously you're right yeah i uh i i gotta say i'm surprised too i did not i i, I agree with you train i didn't think that so many people watched moon Knight, especially in comparison to things like the batman or stranger things um but yeah hey we got we gotta give moon Knight some love here so so Oscar Isaac takes it home. All right. And then our last actor award to hand out is the category of best lead actress. And the nominees for best lead actress are Tatiana Maslany for playing She-Hulk uh, or Jennifer Walters in She-Hulk Attorney of Law. We have Morfitt Clark for playing Galadriel in The Rings of Power. We have Millie Bobby Brown for playing Eleven in Stranger Things Season 4. Aman Valani for playing Kamala Khan or Miss Marvel in Miss Marvel. Letitia Wright for playing Shuri in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And then Elizabeth Olsen for playing Wanda Maximoff in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. All right, another stack field. Was this a debate for y'all or did, did y'all have a choice? Clear, clear front runner. This one was a debate. I'm actually changing my mind, I think, in real time. Oh, Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, there's so many great performances here. Letitia Wright, similar to what we said about Angela Bassett, like having to grieve her, you know, real life friend Chadwick Boseman, and also her character Shuri grieving T'Challa. That's you know a really hard task, and I'm really excited to see what she does as the new Black Panther going forward yeah. in the MCU. Um, I think Elizabeth Olsen. I know a lot of people had issues with the, you know, um, Wanda heel turn in um, Multiverse of Madness. I think she performed that really well. Um, but I, but I got to give it to, um, Morphin Clark for Rings of Power. I think really the, mm. as much as the Hallbrand twist as a narrative device didn't work for me, I think Galadriel's character journey and, and her shock in that moment, I think that that's one of the more resonant moments from that show for me. So, and I think she wow. does such a great job of portraying this character who's like oh i'm only motivated by vengeance and like i'm a stoic soldier and then we see these sort of cracks in her emotional armor as the season goes on i think it was played great and she also has really great action moments that you could tell she worked really hard with the stunts for um so so yeah i i, I i'm surprised but i'm going with galadriel on this one okay i'm surprised too i gotta be honest i loved her <laughs> performance too but i didn't in terms of popularity and things like that, I, I didn't see that coming. But wait, I way to surprise me, Trent Joseph. Where, where, where was it a debate for you? Uh, it was not much of a debate for me. Um, you know, I really liked Morphic Clark as as Galadriel, and like you were saying about Miss Marvel, wasn't the best show of the year, but really enjoyed Iman Vellani as mm-hmm. as. Uh, Kamala Khan, but for me, Wakanda Forever sweeping my actress award. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know the emotion that that Letitia Wright shows, and not just the the grieving part, but you know she was ready to kill Namor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she she played the anger really well, the grief. Uh, but also still having some of those funny Shuri moments. 
Uh, so I'm going to go with Letitia Wright. All right. All right. So we got uh, some more variants here. Letitia Wright getting Joseph's vote. Uh, this definitely had some debate in my mind. Maybe not as much as the other categories, though, because I am aligning with Joseph here. And I am also casting another vote for a, an actress in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Letitia Wright. Uh, honestly, the movie was carried by Letitia Wright and Angela Bassett's performances. And I think it's only right to to uh, to cast my vote for both of them, you know, considering that. they Letitia Wright, um, I, it's weird because, like, it, she she's Black Panther now. And I think a lot of times, like, the actors and actresses playing superheroes, when they take these roles, it's not necessarily, like, they're signing up to get a ton of FaceTime and a ton of... Uh, a ton of dialogue and and an ability to kind of go on a monologue here and there, things like that. But this movie was different because she doesn't become Black Panther until much later in the movie. And I and I really think that she displays a different side of grief than uh, as Shuri than Angela Bassett portrays as Queen Ramonda. Um, and her and and her being able to kind of dig deep and show. Um, kind of what can happen if a person doesn't grieve, mm-hmm. I think is really, really important. Yeah. And she does such a good job of portraying it that I got to give my vote yeah. to her. It was an incredible, incredible performance. Um, so, yeah, we got two for Letitia Wright. We got one for Morpha Clark. And the winner by a single vote same as the last one. I didn't mention that, but the best lead actor was by a single vote. The winner by a single vote of best lead actress is Letitia Wright. So Joseph and I, we sided with the winner. The uh, The debate here comes for uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Mm. She was mm. the, the second vote getter as Eleven in Stranger Things. So I that doesn't come as a huge surprise to me. People people love Stranger Things. I'll they tell do, you that they do. <laughs> um, so but Letitia Wright is our winner for best lead actress, and guys, that has brought us to our final two. This is where this is really where the rubber meets the road. Our TV show of the year and our movie of the year. These are categories. Uh. That mean a lot because we spent so much time this year talking about almost all the things on this list. There's only a couple things that we that we didn't get to talk about on the podcast. Let's let's go ahead and get into our votes for best TV show and best movie of the year. So we'll start with TV show. All right. We'll, we'll start with the smaller screen, move our way to the bigger screen and our candidates for TV show of the year are Andor. The Rings of Power, She-Hulk, Attorney of Law, Stranger Things Season 4, Moon Knight, and then Peacemaker, a a show that we did not cover on this podcast. We can be fully transparent, Joseph. uh, We did not watch this, me and you, but Trent did, Mm -hmm. and he gave the kind of seal of approval that that deserved to be a nominee as well. Real quick, Trent, do you have anything to say about Peacemaker? Uh, well, since we are a family-friendly podcast, I feel obliged to mention this is not a family-friendly show. Um, but I, but I gotta say, James Gunn did his, his thing of, you know, combining, you know, 
wit and jokes with with really great emotional depth and i was not expecting to really find that with john cena's peacemaker character from the suicide squad but but he did it again um and there's just some truly bonkers stuff that happens in peacemaker that's just one of the more gonzo things i've seen in a blockbuster movie or blockbuster property since aquaman really um, oh oh um, okay and and yeah i was really surprised at how invested i got into the the world and characters that gun created with peacemaker also that show does have the greatest opening credits on television <laughs> right now yeah um you could watch that out of context of the show and and be entertained i've heard i've heard similar things about that intro i've, I've heard a slap so all right thanks for thanks for our peacemaker uh fill in for sure trent again the candidates here Andor, Rings of Power, She-Hulk, Stranger Things, Moon Knight, and Peacemaker. So, Trent, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, um, a lot of great TV shows this year. Um, She-Hulk was a lot of fun every week. Um, Rings of Power, you know, breaking budgets, and you see every dollar on screen. So happy to see um, Middle-Earth realized again in such vivid detail. Um, mm. You know, Stranger Things was great this year. Lots of great stuff. Um, but I, But, you know... Maybe you could tell from things earlier tonight. There's one show that just like totally surprised me. Uh, it's Andor. Like this, mm. as I said on one of the Andor pods, this might be just the best written Star Wars thing. If I'm being objective from a pure writing level, um, if you had told like five year old Trent, like one day you're gonna watch a show with like no lightsabers and no Jedi, <laughs> and like you're gonna think it's the greatest thing ever put on television, I'd be like, what? Are you insane? Um, but I think. <laughs> From a psychological and emotional standpoint, Tony Gilroy and the rest of the production team took this probably closest to the true spirit of what George Lucas maybe created, like when he did the original trilogy back in the day, depending on which interviews you've listened to, what he was trying to talk about with that original trilogy. Um, And just, yeah, the way it was able to just have this slow burn of Cassian's arc of, you know... doesn't like the empire finds them oppressive but he's just trying to keep his head down and survive to getting to that place of no i'm fighting for this this rebellion even though we the audience know that he's not going to live to see it fully come to fruition i think was just it was stunning week to week that show surprised me with how smartly written and well shot it was and i was super sad that it was it's over and i can't wait for it to come back yeah i think the show that i'm going to pick i had a very unfavorable response to its announcement like (laughs) who wants to hear about the guy that died in rogue one (laughs) and then you watch the show and you're like this is amazing (laughs) um i'd like to shout out rings of power too i really enjoyed it but but i think it had some pacing problems and i never really connected with the harfoots but you look at andor and you're like no wasted space yeah and so, yeah, I'd, I waxed poetic enough on the Andor podcast we did. I don't need to get into it anymore, but yeah, I'm voting for Andor. Amen. Amen. And and let me let me make it three as I cast my vote for Andor as well. We you've heard us like maybe you've heard us talk a lot about this podcast or uh, talk about this show. But Andor is beautiful. It is like. Nothing you'd expect when you click on something that has Star Wars in the title. Because, honestly, Star Wars for a while has been more of the... In a, 
not this isn't a knock on it because I think we all love this stuff too, but it's been more of the the mythical aspect of it, the lore of the Jedi, the the more traditional aspects of of Star Wars lore and world building that we're kind of used to. This is straight up just humans in the Star Wars universe and what links they would go to to survive in this war that is kind of just building into this fire that's consuming the galaxy, right? It's it's one of the greatest stories I've ever watched unfold, and I feel so excited that we're getting a season two. Um, Andor is incredible from start to finish. The acting, the music, the story, there's plot twists in this. The, this has some of the best speeches and dialogue that i've ever seen like when we talk about all the things that we're talking about today even the other things that we love uh in in the fandom franchise ip realm andor it just sets itself apart as being like so intentionally well crafted in the and i think like from a dialogue and in in monologue perspective it is far and above the best and so with that, you've heard you clearly know how we feel. That we think Andor's Andor's incredible. Our winner for TV show of the year. Drum roll, please. Is Stranger Things season four. I what do you think? What do you think, guys? Not enough people are watching Andor. That's all. Yep. That's all. This te- Stranger Things is great, but it just tells me that people have been sleeping on Andor so far, and hopefully we, we're doing our part to ch- change the tide. <laughs> Joseph, I know you don't have comments on on Stranger Things season four, but I, to me, I agree. I agree here. Uh, first, let's Trent. Maybe me and you can uh, can say what 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 makes Stranger Things season four so popular that it would that it would win this vote. I think a lot of it has to do with. The Vecna twist and mm-hmm. how great Sadie Sink is, especially in that Dear Billy episode. Like that oh, that episode, yes. people forget because you know. Um, but like I feel like that episode was like the moment, the cultural moment. Like that was sort of like it was like Toby and Andrew were back in Spider Man in December, and then then that summer it was all about like running up that hill and like that <laughs> that scene with Sadie Sink. Right. Um, so so I fully get why, and I think. For a show that people were like, oh, it's just like 80s nostalgia being regurgitated. Like, I think this season was the one where, like, they have enough of a lore of their own Mm -hmm. now that it sort of stepped into its own thing. And so I totally get that that's why people latched onto this season so much. This was my vote until Andor came out. Like, I'll be completely honest. Yes, I I should say that as well. This is easily my number two choice. Yeah, this this was definitely my vote before Andor came out. I, I think that when we look across the landscape of fandom storytelling... I actually think Stranger Things might be doing it better than anyone else in terms of building up a world over the course of more than two seasons. Um, it's up there with the Mandalorian to me uh, in terms of like introducing us to characters that we're going to love in a world that we're going to love and like having the guts to pull some punches and some major plot twists. And and for that, I like I agree. This show is incredible. It's totally worthy of winning an award like uh, like that, that we're doing on our on our podcast of TV show of the year. Um, but for all the reasons we stated, it's not as good as Andor, in my opinion. And and Trent, I think you're right. I don't think people are watching Andor. So 
as uh, as all of you who voted on the polls so graciously, if you haven't seen Andor, guys, why should why should someone listen to this podcast? Go watch Andor. It's it's uh I think it it's Star Wars. It's all the stuff that people who love love Star Wars. It has that in there. But like, if if you're like, oh man, I'm kind of sick of lightsabers and the Force and Jedi. It's like, guys, it's not about that. It's just about like you're saying, Josh, the character stuff. Like this mm-hmm. is this is just this is a character drama the way that like Succession is to 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 quote a show that's not fandom based. Like mm-hmm. it it has the it has more vibes in line with Succession than it does with like Star Wars Episode Nine. Like. Ooh, yeah. So, so like that, that I would say, I think this is drop like prestige storytelling that you can enjoy, whether you enjoy the Star Wars universe or not, honestly. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest reason you should watch it if you haven't been giving it a chance so far. It it feels like a show you would see on HBO mm-hmm. on Disney. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it the the VFX for most of the. The Disney Plus shows all around the Marvel, the Star Wars ones has has not been great. And in in this, it's like no, they didn't cheap out on it. It it looks great, it sounds great, the performances are great, and it's like how do regular people rise up against a huge oppressive government? How does mm. that start? Mm. It's really interesting to see that and kind of be like, okay, these are these are the regular people. What are the regular people up to? Yeah. I beautiful pitches from both of you. Uh, thank you so much for doing that. We're on the Andor Awareness Tour for sure. But again, Stranger Things season four is our winner, and it is well deserving. I can attest, Stranger Things season four is a very deserving winner of this award. And I say for all of us watching, we can't wait for season five. Like it is, it is up there with the, in terms of fandom in general, it is up there with the things that I get most excited about. So shout out to stranger things season four, our winner for TV show of the year. Okay. That brings us to our final category, folks. It's been a long ride. Uh, it's been a fun ride and, and we're here to close things out with our movie of the year. Now there are two nominees on here that we haven't talked about on this podcast yet. That's werewolf by night, which is technically a special presentation and top gun Maverick. We talked a little bit about top gun earlier. Would either of you like to, to just give a two minute review of top gun Maverick? Uh, top gun Maverick is what, like it's just one of the greatest action spectacles. I think of the last, you know, 20, 30 years, maybe. But beyond that, I, I um I was what most surprised me about Maverick was how emotionally resonant of a story it was. Um, that they lock into the story of um Rooster and Maverick so early and so fully, and it ends up being about that. And like, how do you yeah. build like a team up and build up com- like comradeship? And then also yeah. like it's about like father son dynamics too. Like there there's just so much packed in here. Um that. That yes, you can watch this this purely for the action and the thrills and the visual spectacle. But I think you'll be surprised at how much you end up invested in the performances and the characters as well. Yeah. Uh, how about how about Werewolf by Night, Joseph? I think you saw Werewolf by Night as well, didn't you? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a nice little um, 
it's like a getaway from from the big Marvel stuff. It was like, hey guys, you know, we're gonna just make a classic pulpy Halloween special and just have a good time with it. So yeah, and and you know, it's what fifty minutes long. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It, it's not real long. It's something you can sit down and watch. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed Werewolf by Night. I agree. I both both of your statements on both movies. Like I, I I'm I'm pretty in line with with both of you guys on that. Um, so let's get to our nominees. Our our five nominees for movie of the year. We have the Batman. We have Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. We have Werewolf by Night. We have Spider Man: No Way Home, and we have Top Gun: Maverick. Uh. I, I could truly say I don't know how I I don't know how our final vote is going to end. It's a tight race, and I'm not sure where both of you are going. So so Trent, why don't you kick things off for us? Yeah, I'll say right off the bat that this is this is tough because two of these movies are in my top five movies of the year, and I'm not just talking like fandom based entertainment. I'm saying movies Ooh. in general of the year. Like two of these things are in the top five. Um, but yeah, like what to say, um, no way home. I've talked about like just seeing those two Spider-Men again was fulfillment beyond my wildest dreams, but also was a really emotional story for Tom Holland. Um, yeah. Um, werewolf by night was a fun piece of pulp entertainment. Um, the Batman, I think might be my favorite, like live action version of that character. Like everything I've loved every version of Batman we've gotten so far, truly something Mm. about each one. But everything that I thought was missing from all previous iterations was was somehow present in this. Like I was like, we need a detective story. We got a detective story. We need one that's about him being angry and vengeful. He's angry and vengeful. And they call into question whether he has a noble cause. The music, the cinematography is great. Um, I loved it so much. But if there's one movie that came out that like gave me something that I'd never thought I'd like literally ever see that blew my brain. Um, it's Top Gun Maverick is like the movie of this year, like hands down. Ooh, okay. Top Gun Maverick. So why why Top Gun Maverick? So I remember. So I like the first Top Gun. Like I like it a lot actually, but I don't I don't love it the way like some people of, of a certain generation like hold it in a certain esteem. But I remember mm-hmm. the te- and I remember the teaser trailer for Maverick came out like three years ago at this point. And like it just like played the music and I'm like, that's fun. And then there's just this shot of Tom Cruise launching off the aircraft carrier. And I'm like, that looks pretty incredible. And I'm like, well, the movie will probably be good, but but it like I'll watch it mainly for the flying and stuff like that. And that's true. The flying was incredible. Like the rumble in your theater seats and everything was great. But um, again, I was just really surprised at how emotionally invested I was in this maverick rooster storyline to the point that i've seen this movie like eight times by the way since it's come out on oh digital. i did not Ooh. know that I, i've watched this like way more than anything else this year um and i still like tear up like during the final scenes of this movie i think it's just mm. it, it's everything you want a blockbuster to be like in the era of like jurassic park blockbuster like stuff that we don't really get in a way anymore um i think yeah. i think it's just perfect and i think Tom Cruise, like you said, Joseph shows why he's the last true movie star um, with this. Cause I think only like he and his team could pull this off. I think this movie's just aces top to bottom. I think, cause I'm going to have, I'm going to answer what my vote is with a question, <laughs> but I think 
Avatar two may, which I haven't seen. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but okay. just from, from what I've seen about it, it, it may have the potential to be an answer to this question. Hmm. I think you put Endgame as an answer to this question. Mm. The Lord of the Rings movies, uh, Jurassic Park, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and the original Star Wars. Oh, I think you put in this category. Oh, I know where this and, is going. And and the question of this category is: You have one movie. Convince me why I should go to a movie theater. Oh, wow. And it's going to be Top Gun. Yes, sir. I think as far as like a cinematic experience. I loved I loved the Batman and and Wakanda Forever and liked Spider-Man. Um but as far as why do you go to a movie theater? You go for something like Top Gun. Uh, yes. You go, you go for something like Endgame, Lord of the Rings, Jurassic Park, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is not my favorite Indiana Jones movie, but I think is the one uh, that you go to the movie theater to see. And the original Star Wars. I think it fits in with that list of... Now, those movies in there, some of them are not necessarily my favorite movies ever, but they're ones that you want to see on the big screen. Mm. Because, I mean, you're like, everybody wants to see the big rock scene in Raiders. Everybody wants to see the Star Destroyer come over top of you. Mm. And I think you want to see the trench run sequence at the end of Top Gun. Yep. It's it's so good. And then not even just the, the trench sequence, but the training scene where Tom Cruise is like, you think you can't do this? Okay, well, I'm going to go do it. The, <laughs> the, uh, the simulation. Awesome. And I think it's everything you would want out of a movie in a the movie theater. And, you know, it's one of those movies, you know, people say it kind of like, I think people can say it to bash movies. Sometimes I don't think so. It's, this is the movie you go get the big popcorn for it. Mm. You get the big drink. Mm-hmm. You sit back, and you just have a great time. And it's not like a turn your brain off great time, like some stupid movie to fill the time. You're having fun with a movie that's genuinely really good. Yes. Um, like Trent said a few times, it's emotional. I mean, you've got the scene with uh, with Maverick and Iceman. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really emotional. You've got the emotional tension between Rooster and Maverick for their baggage from the past. And I mentioned it to you guys, not on the podcast, but when we were talking about a Christmas story, Christmas about legacy sequels, just absolutely crapping on their main characters. <laughs> this one was like, no, we're going to make Maverick the best pilot ever. Yeah. yeah. And but also Maverick had a lot of flaws and you could mm-hmm. see how someone like him would be still flying. Cause nobody really likes him that much and he's arrogant. And then you see, we have to use Maverick or this thing doesn't get done. So he's got all these flaws where he's, he's, you know, the perfect pilot, but as far as like being a person, he's not the greatest. 
but also, you know, he's like, he's not going to apologize for who he is. And the movie's not apologizing for who Maverick is either. So they treat their main character with a lot of respect, which I really liked. And I think is a reason why a lot of other people liked it too. And mm-hmm. the movie didn't have a special agenda or anything with it. It was, we're training for a mission against uh, bad guys. <laughs> Loose, and, <laughs> very vague. And and they, they go and do it. The mission's fun. The training is fun. You know, the the football game on the beach was a lot of fun. And, <laughs> and it was a nice throwback to the original Top Gun without being like a cringy ripoff. Um, yeah. None of the the main pilot characters die. It's like a nice, happy ending. You don't get your heart ripped out like when uh, Goose died in the first oh. one. But it's brutal. It's just it's a nice, and I hate saying it because it makes it sound bad. It's a nice, feel good movie, which is a great compliment for this one because it's everything you want out of a movie. Yeah, it's it's gonna pull your heartstrings. It's gonna make you smile. It's gonna make you pump your fist. It's just all around a great movie. It's fantastic, Trent. I know you are. You're you're a you're a film head at heart. Like you follow a lot of the more critical lens online, right? Mm-hmm. Like, do you what? How high a chance would you put Top Gun Maverick at potentially winning Best Picture? So here's the thing: the way Best Picture works is all the all the people who vote in the Academy have to rank the nominees, right? And yeah. so the way it works is like if if the first place choice ties. So let like let's let's use this here for example. Like let's say everything everywhere all at once ties mm-hmm. yeah. for first place votes, and then like the Fablemans ties for second. If Top Gun Maverick had like a bunch of third place votes, mm-hmm. that that could mean it could win. But that's the only way I see it oh. winning. I, I don't I don't okay. see now do I the, the chances of it getting nominated. I know people were saying that sort of hyperbolically when it came out in theaters but the chances of getting nominated are actually extremely high now it got nominated yeah. for like i think it's up there in the golden globes for best drama and i think it got um nominated for several other like critics choice awards so so it's definitely going to be in contention and i think it I deserves think so to at least win the best editing oscar i think legitimately belongs to top gun maverick i've never seen a mm. better assembly of images this year than mm. than top gun yeah i that well that's exciting i I love Top Gun Maverick. All right. Let me start out with that. Like I saw the original Top Gun a week before I saw Top Gun Maverick because, you know, it's just definitely before my time. Never saw it growing up. And it was fun. It was a nice, you know, kind of cheesy 80s movie, but with a lot of heart. And that was the vibe I was expecting to get when going into the theater to see Top Gun Maverick. And boy, was I wrong because it was like, I Joseph, you put it in the category of like movies to convince someone to go to the movie theater. And that's where it belongs, because this is like up there with like some of the this was the this was the best theater experience I had since Endgame. Mm -hmm. This is truly this and and still stands that way, in my opinion. Like I have not had a better time at the movie theater since Endgame uh, other than Top Gun Maverick. I think those are the two. Honestly, maybe in my lifetime that I look at as being like the two best theater experiences I've ever had. Th- those were, those are incredible, incredible movies to watch in the theater. I look at this list and this was a tough one for me 
Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, you're going to hear Trent gush about it on uh, on our Phase 4 re-rankings here in a little bit. I loved Spider-Man No Way Home. And it's the only movie on this list that I've seen more than once. Um, I, I, I don't get to re-watching things as much as, I, as much as I would like to. Spider-Man No Way Home is the exception because it just left that much of a mark on me. Black Panther Wakanda Forever might be the most important movie movie to me this year because it it did something i never expected a superhero movie to do and that's like move me to tears multiple times and help and like really like take take you through the process of grief and then we'll get to my vote now i am going to cast my vote for the batman uh i'm going to defer from you two because uh i this is the Batman is so tough because I love Top Gun Maverick so much. And again, like it's going to get nominated for Best Picture. So if you didn't see Top Gun Maverick, go go find it somewhere to, to watch it. But the Batman, I, it's crazy to me how the Nolan Dark Knight trilogy is so well critically, is so critically acclaimed and so well loved by the fans that it kind of was inconceivable that someone could come along 10 years later and make a a a a new batman trilogy and it work and it also like kind of draw on some of the things that christopher nolan established in his dark knight trilogy the batman does that it but it does it in a way that it's still original to matt reeves and to robert pattinson and and their duo in this movie to me is just top notch because matt reeves sought out robert pattinson to play our new Batman to be Bruce Wayne. And we get a detective story for Batman that Trent, you talked about. We really needed as, as a, as a fandom, right? Um, we get another iconic Batman villain performance in Paul Dano's the Riddler. Uh, we establish a new Gotham city and it's one of the best world building jobs that i i've seen done i i'm not gonna say it's better than nolan's gotham i'm I'm not here to make comparisons to the other batmans before i'm just here to say it was an incredible like gotham city has to work and gotham city was made to be what we all expect it to be from the moment this movie starts the batman shows up on screen and it's year two it's not an origin story and if you're gonna do that batman needs to needs to be believable right that that he is what an early batman is and that's exactly what they do he is pummeling people in the streets causing fear across everyone criminal and and civilian alike all across gotham city and that's like who batman is early in his career i just think it's i just think it's a three-hour movie that to me didn't feel like three hours and i think that is honestly well a lot of people complain about it for but for me it worked for me i enjoyed the extra time and the and the and the length of time that we spent kind of mulling over certain scenes because i i think it creates a dramatic tension but it also creates this development for bruce wayne in this movie that by the end of the movie is so well articulated that he has had time to learn and mourn and become a new hero uh for gotham city and and i can't wait to see what they do with a sequel so the batman is my vote absolutely love this movie so much i i was so close between this and top gun in my mind but i had to give the edge to the batman and so guys those are our votes so it's time 
for our last award. It's time to reveal our winner for the 2022 movie of the year. Drum roll, please. All right. Our winner for the 2022 Stinger movie of the year is Top Gun Maverick. So you did it, guys. You sold us. You got the audience behind you. Top Gun Maverick wins, by the way, by a single vote over two movies. You guys want to guess what those other two movies were? Uh, I'm going to go The Batman and No Way Home. I'm going to go Black Panther and No Way Home. Joseph Sneed is correct. Two two, uh, movies got one less vote than Top Gun Maverick did, and it was Black Panther and it was Spider-Man No Way Home. But Top Gun is our movie of the year. You guys feel you guys feel vindicated. This is great. Yeah, this is, I this mean, is absolutely great. I th- I think we're setting a great example for the Academy. You know, come come yes. February. So exactly. So yeah, that's what this is all about. All right, guys. Wow, we did it. We we just I think we just recorded a two hour podcast. Were you guys expecting that? <laughs> I was not. I was like I was telling my parents, I'm like I'll be back in an hour. Like, so sorry about that. <laughs> sorry, no. to, sorry to take your time. No. Uh, hey, we're, we're still shorter than the Oscars, so yeah. we are. And honestly, you know, that's that's what we're here to do. We're here to prove ourselves as a worthy competitor <laughs> to the Oscars. All right, man, guys, this was so much fun. I was surprised uh, at a couple of our of our polls, but but this is it. These are our winners for our, our favorite things in 2022. Um, we are we are right around the corner of the holidays, and so you uh, you will get some some new episodes from us coming out soon. I want to highlight a couple of them. One is that we are going to uh, Trent and I took some time to rank all of Phase Four of the MCU. That's seventeen different things, by the way. It was a lot. Uh, you'll get that episode sometime after Christmas. So uh, you're listening to this one now. You're going to get that episode sometime after Christmas. It'll be a little Christmas present under your tree. Me and Trent's phase four discussion. And then we're going to take a little bit of a break because there's not as much to talk about. And, you know, uh, we're going to spend some time chilling with the families over the holidays. But then 2023 is going to roll around and there's going to be a lot to cover. Uh, Bad Batch season two is coming out. There's a lot that we didn't see or that we didn't get to talk about in 2022, like like Top Gun Maverick and, and a few other things that we can go a little bit more into detail on on this podcast. Also, we got to talk about what we even have to look forward to in 2023. So there's going to be a lot to discuss, a lot a lot of fun to be had in the new year. Guys, any any last words to close us out for 2022? No, I'm just really thankful, Josh, for the opportunity. And I got to say thank you to all of our fans who are supporting. But really, if you've enjoyed this podcast, it, it rests a lot on Josh's shoulders here. This is his uh, brainchild, and he's been really dedicated and disciplined about um, you know, refining stuff to be the best that it can be for you guys and putting it out. So really, uh, Josh deserves a lot of shout-outs if you've enjoyed any anything that we've put out this year. But I'm really thankful that I got to do this this year with you guys. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been been a fun year with you guys. Josh is our Kevin Feige of the <laughs> uh, the group. He's he's running the show, delegating, getting things out, brainstorming ideas of cool stuff like this. Uh, but yeah, it's been it's been fun. And uh, next year we'll get the return probably of my comparisons 
to the Marshall. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, I love you guys. Thank you so much for doing this podcast with me, Trey and Joseph. It, it truly, you guys, you guys made this thing really a well-oiled machine this year. So, so thank you. And, and to all the listeners, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for participating in our polls because this was such a fun episode and I can't wait for you all to listen to it. So as always, you can follow us on Instagram at the stinger pod and you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. So please like subscribe, leave a rate and review, and we will see you in the new year. 